This is Deep Dive. I'm Sui. There's a well-known saying in China that goes, "If you want to get rich, build roads first." Over the years, this saying has been one of the guiding principles for China's mission to eliminate poverty and grow its economy. We know that upfront costs of building roads can be huge, but what comes after will matter a lot more. Roads, bridges, and railways open up new opportunities and channels of communication, bringing businesses, jobs, and money into poor villages. More developing countries are looking into doing something similar to tackle their own poverty issues. Some have already taken the first step. Transportation projects using Chinese tech and standards are taking place around the world. Deep Dive presents you the Road to a Bright Future series. We will go on tours to check out these infrastructure projects. Are they able to improve the lives of the local people? Do the locals consider it an improvement? In this episode, I spoke with journalist Charles McDermott in Phnom Penh regarding Cambodia's first ever expressway. It's the very first toll expressway of Cambodia. So first, how long is it, and in which part of Cambodia is it located? Well, it's a really a big event for Cambodia to have this expressway. It's 109 kilometers, and it goes from the capital city Phnom Penh to the coast, the coastal city of Sinaikville. So it's it's vital. It's a vital artery for trade and for tourism, and、uh, it's coming at just the right time. You know, as COVID is ending, and、uh, Cambodia is actively trying to lure tourists and investment. <laughs> It's our pride and honor that Chinese people trust Cambodia as a safe tourist destination. And this will play a big part in that.、Hmm. Uh, why did Cambodia need this expressway? Like, was it difficult to travel between these two cities before? That's right. That's good context. Cambodia is a post-conflict society. You know, it had 30 years of war,、uh, and that really only ended about 25 years ago. So a lot of infrastructure projects were stalled. There was no infrastructure in many places. There were no paved roads. There was very little public infrastructure, such as bridges and things like that, overpasses and whatnot. The situation was very bleak, and now things are starting to turn around. You're seeing expressways and、uh, other big infrastructure projects. So it's been in operation for months.、Uh, based on your observation, how well does it operate now? Oh, I've heard nothing but good things about it. It's cut the travel time from five hours to two hours, roughly. There have been some concerns because you you have two choke points、uh, leaving Phnom Penh and entering Sinaikville. But everything I've heard is that that's going to be solved pretty soon. People are ecstatic about it, and especially you know in terms of、uh, business owners and people who are trading, because the port is the only deep water port that Cambodia has. So all of our man- manufacturing garments, for example, would go through that port. Uh, what do local people say about this new route, and、uh, who would be most likely to benefit from this new road? Well, as I said, trade is a big part of this. Selfishly, I think about myself just getting to the beach, and I know I know a lot of people do as well.、Mm. So local people are very happy to cut that travel time down.、Uh, let me give you a little more context about the old road. It was just an ancient trail that goes over a very big pass called、mm. Picknill, and this new road just slices that time in more than half. So people are really happy about it, and you're also going to see people benefit from it. Not only business owners, but people who live along the route. There are rest stops there. There's、uh, things to sell. All the feedback's been good from the local people that I've spoken to. 
It gets easier to travel, only take two hours. If travel by other roads, will take longer five to six hours. It is time-consuming. Those who travel for a tour or on working purpose, since having this expressway, it is much easier to travel. It is quick and not boring while traveling as it used to on National Road 4. It helps a lot with time. Since having it, it is much more comfortable. My friends and everyone have the same feeling. They're happy, and they think it is less time-consuming. Uh, I understand uh, Cambodia adopted the China standard in building and running this expressway. Uh, what do you think of China's standard? Well, there was no standard before. Mm. <laughs> uh, it was a post-colonial, the French influence here, and then uh, the Vietnamese occupation for about 10 years. And now as Cambodia finds its own example, it is looking for standards. It's looking for global standards. And China has been a very willing and very high quality partner in that. So the China standard is kind of a blanket term in Cambodia for the highest standard, the global standard to which it really aspires to. So could you tell us the investment structure of this project, like who founded it and who built it? Right. It's a joint project between uh, the Cambodian and the Chinese governments. The Cambodian side will also invite some private investment. So it's, it's a hybrid, you know, you, you would call it like that. The road was carried out by the China Road and Bridge Corporation. Mm. And the, the way that works is they'll put up the money, they'll build it, they'll operate it, and then they'll transfer it back to the Cambodian government. So uh, compared with other joint projects with China, how often do you see this approach, like you said, uh, the build, operate, and transfer model in Cambodia? We're seeing it more and more. And there are major projects underway right now. There's a $4 billion railway that's going to go from Phnom Penh to the Thai border. That's underway. There's also development of a Reem naval base. That's about $16 billion. And there's several other too. You know, I have a list here. Let's just say there's about a half a dozen joint projects like this that will be funded by China, built by China, and then the Cambodian government will pay that money back and take ownership. So talking about those uh, joint projects with China in Cambodia, uh, could you tell us more about uh, some of them that are particularly noticeable? There was an old naval base that China is now helping Cambodia develop, hmm. and it's going to be a complex for trade. It might be another deep water port. There's been some talk about that. Uh, and there's been a lot of scrutiny on that project. But that's just one of many. There's a railway system that's going in. There's another road from Phnom Penh going in the other direction to Vietnam to a place called Bavet. So those are two of those projects. And there's two airports being built as well. And China is funding a new airport in Phnom Penh, the capital, and also in Siem Reap. And these are hundreds of millions of dollars worth of development projects. And that's just a few, you know. Yeah. Is it easier for local people to find jobs in these uh, projects if they go ahead? Well, of course. That's a big concern is is how the, how the average Cambodian is going to benefit from these projects. You know, that's why they're called infrastructure projects. You know, they're going to help business. They're going to help people's lives. And, I, you know, you, you hit the nail on the head when you said employment. This will bring jobs to a lot of people who may not have had 
those opportunities. And also it'll take them to places where there is business. You know, Scenicville and Phnom Penh are now much more accessible to people who live in the country. Uh, why do you think uh, Cambodia is choosing China as its partner? Like, does it have any other choices? China's stable. China has brought a, a lot of stability. And let's be honest, it's, it's also put up the money. You know, it's brought in a lot of investment. It's very popular with Chinese tourists. Cambodia shoots for about 4 million tourists a year. Half of those are going to come from China. So you're looking at a willing partnership and a bilateral partnership. And Cambodia is more and more turning to China because it comes through. Cambodia hasn't always had the best relationship with the West. China is stepping in and filling that void. And we know uh, this kind of projects under the banner of the Belt and Road Initiative uh, are being covered by international media, and also there are mixed reaction. So how do local people in Cambodia see these projects and investment from China in general? Right. There has been that, that scrutiny, but let's, let's look at where that's coming from. You know, I mentioned some projects before that has drawn some criticism from Western media. Even the U.S. Embassy here has spoken out about wanting more transparency. But that's, you know, you have to look at where that's coming from. I mean, Cambodia has always been kind of a political pawn. You know, it's been caught between big powers for most of its modern history. It's there again. So let me put it to you this way. China's building all these things and the U.S. isn't happy about it because they're missing out on those opportunities. And that's just a broad stroke. But you asked, you asked about the local people, and that's great because... I think they're happy to get roads and bridges and overpasses and airports, and they see the development as a positive sign, as do I, frankly. What will happen next in terms of transport systems in Cambodia, uh, particularly when it comes to the areas surrounding Sienovio? Well, that remains to be seen as how I would put it. I mean, I can only speak to the plans that are there. Uh, you're going to see a lot more development. I mentioned the trade aspect. So a lot of Cambodia's products are agricultural, number one. And number two, they're manufacturing garments, textiles, and these things. And they're all shipped on the international market. So those are going to go through Scenicville. Now, the future plans for Scenicville are a little more complex and very interesting. They're looking at a model that's like Macau. Like we call it here, we call it the China Macau model, where you have special economic zones, you have incentives for investors. And I think the local people will benefit, and I think the country as a whole will also benefit. According to Cambodia's transport ministry, close to 2 million vehicles have trouble on the Phnom Penh Sihanoukville Expressway since its opening last October. The ministry also encourages trucking companies to use the expressway more. It says using the expressway costs less than using regular roads, saving both fuel and time along the supply chains. The two-hour drive is only the first step, as Cambodia is trying to increase the connectivity of its port city of Sihanoukville with the rest of the global market. And that brings us to the end of this episode of Deep Dive. If you want to learn more about infrastructure projects like the Phnom Penh Sihanoukville Expressway or others that are parts of the Belt and Road Initiative, stay tuned for more. Don't forget to follow our podcast for future shows. This episode is brought to you by me, Sui, and my colleagues Feifei and Zhang Zhang. Special thanks to journalist Charles McDermott in Cambodia. Cambodian journalist Rathana Finn also contributed to this episode. I will see you in the next one.